Hi guys, thank you so much for coming back to my channel. My name is Dr. Simone and I make health and wellness podcasts. Um, before I begin, I just want to go ahead and extend my gratitude to each and every one of you. You know, over the years, one thing I've recognized is that time is an extremely valuable resource and cannot be bought, cannot be replaced. Once it's gone, it's completely gone. And the fact that each and every one of you is spending your personal time supporting my work, supporting my channels, you know, um, visiting my social media platforms, going to my YouTube channel, you know, I'm really grateful for all of that effort. So thank you for choosing to spend your personal resource, your time, most valuable resource uh, in supporting me and my channel. Um, okay, so today I want to talk to you about how is it possible to lose weight while you're asleep or when you're taking a nap? So I'm going to go ahead and teach you a little bit about what happens in the body when you sleep or when you don't get enough sleep and how that affects your body weight. As always, before I begin, remember these are educational podcasts. They're not meant to be used for any type of treatment or diagnosis. If you like some of the information that I provide, then make sure to run that by your health professional. Um, and if you still choose to do that, then make sure you do it at your own discretion. Okay, so before we talk about how to lose weight when you're sleeping, I want to clarify something. I, I think I'm so passionate about what I do for a living. It really bothers me when I see people falling for gimmicks. I see people falling for quick fixes. One thing you have to remember, you cannot diet for the rest of your life. You should be able to go out with your friends and enjoy your life. Okay, so one thing as someone who deals with obese patients, overweight patients for a living, I tell them that the word diet really does not make any sense to my brain. Um, diet has so much negative connotation to it, at least for me. It's filled with gimmicks. It's no different than quick fixes. It's no different than giving someone, you know, a Band-Aid, a pharmaceutical aid, and then just you know, expecting things to get better. It's really no different than that. And by the way, much like medication, diet does cause side effects. Okay. So, but, but on a very clinical um, level, you can't start dieting if you have not addressed some of the root causes. Okay. So for example, if you have a hormonal issue, if your appetite hormones are not communicating with each other, you have a leaky gut, you have a problem with your gut, which then is affecting your immune system and your neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which by the way, all of that is made in the gut. So when you say that you feel depressed, it is not a cognitive issue. It's an issue with the gut. The brain is simply feeling or reacting. The brain is not acting. Okay. So these issues are not resolved. And then you bring a diet. And what is a diet? Nine out of 10 times, people are replacing food groups, eliminating food groups. Um, you can't 
just lose weight by popping a pill, by depleting nutrients in the body, by removing essential food groups from the body. Each one of these food groups has nutrients that performs crucial functions in the body. Okay? So when someone just decides, I'm going to just remove certain foods, or I'm just going to go ahead and add a high-protein, high-animal-fat diet, that is going to have some consequences on the brain and on the gut. Remember, the immune system, again, I repeat, is made in the gut. So everything you say, everything you think, everything you eat, everything you do, it is affecting your gut, and then it's affecting your brain. So one of the biggest issues when it comes to weight loss is in conventional medicine, we tend to treat the mind and the body as separate entities. And that is the reason why in the United States, we have an obesity epidemic. We have an epidemic of depression. We have an epidemic of cognitive health issues, of mental health issues. Okay, so in order for us to be able to treat these health issues, we have to look at the mind and the body as a unit, as one unit. And understand the significance of that mind-body connection. Okay? So let's bring it back to sleep. When we talk about sleep and weight loss, we're talking about a lot of different hormones and a lot of different factors and parameters. But I'm going to focus on three different hormones and three different factors just for this podcast. Okay. So when people don't get sufficient sleep off the many hormones and uh, appetite hormones and factors that get involved, three that I want to talk about. One is called ghrelin. Ghrelin is made in the gut and it communicates with the gut and the brain. And essentially it stimulates appetite. So anything about food, You know, you could be watching a commercial on McDonald's. You could be passing by a Taco Bell. You, I'm talking about food right now. And that in itself can go ahead and stimulate ghrelin. You know, you're watching, you're scrolling through social media in the middle of the night and you see a channel about food and that in itself is going to stimulate ghrelin. Okay. So what suppresses ghrelin is leptin. Leptin is the hormone that essentially tells the body, the brain, the gut, stop eating. Now, remember, leptin is made in the fat cells, but the action happens through the brain, through the hypothalamus. So what do I mean by that? If you have a diet that is extremely restricting in fat, so for example, you're constantly eating low-fat foods, you're constantly eating sugar-free foods, you know, the processed foods, sugar-free cookies and ice cream and low-fat ice cream and fat-free milk and or you're having an extremely processed, high animal fat, high saturated, high protein, high fat diet. Either ways, that can affect the activation of leptin in the blood or in the brain. Okay, so both ends can end up having issues. So what does sleep have to do with all of this? Well, there are many factors that activate leptin. So remember, again, leptin is what tells the body to stop eating. It suppresses appetite. It makes you feel satiated. Okay, so sleep is one of the factors that activates leptin. So this is the reason why people who don't sleep enough, they have a lot of sugar cravings. They don't know how to control their appetite. 
They constantly feel like they have to eat something. Now, there's a number three piece in this puzzle. When we don't sleep enough, our body goes into fight and flight, meaning our sympathetic nervous system is activated. The minute the body goes into fight and flight, our HPA axis gets activated. What does that mean? Your hypothalamus, which is your brain, your prefrontal cortex, your pituitary gland, and then your adrenal glands get activated. This entire activation process puts the body in fight and flight. This then slows down digestion and metabolism. So on the one hand, your leptin is not communicating with the gut stomach, not communicating with the gut, not stopping that ghrelin, not stopping that appetite. And on top of that, now your HPA axis is elevated and therefore your digestion has been slowed down and your metabolism has been slowed down. So what does, what, what is the final outcome? Obviously you're having cravings and you're gaining weight. But here's another piece that ends up happening. Cortisol begins to get elevated with all of this. That further suppresses leptin. That also then interacts with insulin. And if this goes on for long, you could end up becoming pre-diabetic. You could end up with metabolic syndrome, which is essentially a cluster of health issues that lead up to a heart attack or can lead up to heart disease. If gone undiagnosed, which happens a lot of times, believe me. And by the way, I do want to emphasize something. All of this information that I just provided is not anecdotal evidences. I have spent years of my professional life studying the different factors that affect leptin, insulin, glucose, ghrelin, cortisol in human blood, in saliva, in breast milk, in pregnant mothers, in you know, unborn children, and then following these kids after their afterbirth, postpartum. So I've studied these in a clinical setting with a large control study population. So I'm not just sharing this information from with you by reading a couple papers or providing you, you know, anecdotal evidences that I might have gained from one or two patients. So again, There's a lot of factors that affect leptin. There's a lot of factors that have to be in place before weight loss is long-term and permanent. Popping pills, doing detox cleanses, you know, drinking one of those fancy beverages really can give you some amount of water loss and lean body mass loss. But if you want to lose fat, then you have to understand the foundation. There's no point adding diets. There's no point working out in the gym if you have not strengthened the foundation. If you have imbalances in your hormones, if you have your HPA access, which is out of control, you have elevated belly fat, which by the way, when leptin gets, um, you know, uh, is not performing and cortisol gets elevated, the body automatically will store a lot of belly fat. And that can then also lead to a lot of reproductive health issues, sexual dysfunctions. So if you think about this, these are very common issues that people come to, you know, um, the doctor's office with. Oh, I'm depressed and I can't get any sleep and I don't have, you know, I don't have intimacy with my partner. And, and then you're given a bunch of pills and you're asked to leave when in fact... 
All of these issues is connected to your gut, to your sleep patterns. Again, depression, anxiety doesn't happen in the brain. It's not a mental health issue. It's a gut issue that then affects your hormones, that then causes cravings, and then vicious cycle, and you're again more depressed. You think you're depressed, so you're having a slice of cheesecake. But then the minute you have that cheesecake, you're again in a couple hours feeling worse. And that craving also has then gone up. So I hope this is making sense. To recap, sleep is one of the factors that activates leptin. Patients who don't get at least seven to eight hours of sleep, typically their leptin and ghrelin do not communicate effectively with each other. So again, ghrelin is the hormone that tells the body, eat, eat, eat. Leptin is the, the hormone that tells the body, stop eating. It's an appetite control plan that your body has in place. And that talk between leptin and ghrelin is broken when you don't get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And the minute that communication is broken, then that affects your insulin and your glucose. Okay. And this is the reason why you're probably not able to metabolize all the, the sugars that you eat. And this might be the reason why you then get a diagnosis of being pre-diabetic. Or one of the reasons why you get a diagnosis of being pre-diabetic. See, I mimic my practice after the principles of lifestyle medicine. And therefore, in lifestyle medicine, we don't mask symptoms. We try to understand the root causes. We don't give you an Advil for a headache, right? Because when you have a headache, that could be happening for a variety of reasons. So the Advil is going to make you feel good for a couple hours. And then you're back again at it. So we need to understand what is causing that headache. What is causing that depression? So in this case, if you take time to at least get seven to eight hours of sleep, or maybe even take some naps in between. You're probably more likely to see that your diet or your nutrition and your exercise plans pan out better. They give you better outcomes. So if you had to choose between sleeping three hours and getting up and lifting weights in the gym and, you know, struggling with your food and eating little bit and constantly dieting, I would say you'd rather just get that seven to eight hours of sleep and everything else will fall in place. Because again, you've gotten less sleep and you go to the gym and you're pumping all those weights, really you're not going to get the benefit. Not at least as much as you want. Not at least, you know, as much as the effort that you're putting in. So I hope this is making some sense. I hope this resonated with some of you. Um, if you want me to talk about something, please leave me a message, uh, connect with me on my different social media platforms. And again, I extend so much gratitude to each and every one of you uh, for coming back to this channel, for listening to my podcast. And I hope uh, to continue making more podcasts on a variety of different um, topics. Um, one of these days, um, I would like to talk a little bit about EFT, emotional freedom tapping and technique. Um, I recently started offering that in my practice and would like to, you know, share some of my knowledge on EFT with all of you. Um, so hopefully come back and maybe we can talk about EFT in one of the future episodes. On that note, 
Thank you so much. Have a great night and I will catch up with you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.